Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. So good to be with everyone here tonight. Thank you for braving the ice and and sleet and uh, man, I didn't even know that was supposed to happen. I guess I should have checked the weather, but I walked out of the hotel and into the car and and it was just kind of coming down. So thank you for being here tonight. I do believe God's going to help us in the next few minutes. Second Kings chapter six and verse number fifteen. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, everybody say alas. Good King James word there. Alas, my master, how shall we do? Literally, oh my Lord. Anybody ever have an oh my Lord moment? How shall we do? And the prophet looked at him and he answered and he said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Anybody believe that truth tonight? They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Who's them? Anybody that's opposing us. Anybody standing against the church. Anything standing against the people of God. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes on the deepest spiritual title I could come up with with this passage. I want to preach to you about the lingering lie of rock, paper, scissors. The lingering lie of rock, paper, scissors. How many believe God's going to talk to you in the next few minutes of this service? Would you just give him praise for what he's about to do right now one more time before we're seated? Lift up your voice, clap your hands. Let's celebrate what Jesus is about to do in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. The lingering lie of rock, paper, scissors. It's a game you play as a child, perhaps even into adulthood some. Simple little game. Anybody ever play rock, paper, scissors before? Little game you usually play to decide who gets to choose first or who gets to go first. The, the point of rock, paper, scissors usually isn't even just the game itself. But rock, paper, scissors is the deciding factor of who gets to you fill in the blank, who gets to pick first, go first, have their way, make a choice. And this little game of rock, paper, scissors teaches us this this, this lesson that there is really no weapon that is superior to every other weapon. This little game of rock, paper, scissors teaches us that uh, there really is no one trick that always wins. It's always superior. That, that there's no one tactic that is always better. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and spend the next four seconds and play rock, paper, scissors. Would you that to help me feel better? Now, some of you don't like to lose, so you're already playing the third time. 
How was camp meeting? We played rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> what did he preach about? I don't know, but we played rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> the, the, the lesson of rock, paper, scissors is simply that there's always something that can beat you, that nobody always wins, and no weapon is always effective because if you come out with scissors, rock smashes scissors, right? But then if somebody comes out with paper, paper covers rock, right? And if you come out with paper, well, then we're back to scissors cut paper, right? And on and on the merry-go-round goes that, that, that no weapon is, is clearly superior every single time, that there's no, uh, there's, there's no tool that works in every battle, right? It, it seems that the wise man Solomon was attempting to explain something related to this and other illogical outcomes in life. When he wrote in Ecclesiastes 9, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But he goes on to say that time and chance happen to all. In other words, in this little game of life, we learn in, in the natural realm, around us that, that sometimes the strong win but the strong don't always win we learn that sometimes the fast win the race but it's not always the fast that win sometimes it's the smart it's the wise that, that win but I've seen some pretty dumb people win too and I personally my testimony, I thank God that some dumb people can win sometimes. I, 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 it's not always the fastest, and it's not always the strongest, and it's not always the best. And it seems to speak to this, this, this uncertainty of outcome in, in life, that, that, that every team is going to lose at some time or another. In fact, you've probably heard the statement before. Uh, usually it's said in an exasperated tone. Well, you can't win them all, right? It's usually what a loser says. <laughs> usually after you've just had it handed to you, you say, well, you can't win them all, right? You, you just can't win every single time. Even the, the best team's winning streaks come to an end. John Wooden, the great UCLA coach, 88 consecutive wins, but the streak came to an end. The Oklahoma Sooners, uh, 47 consecutive wins. There's a Sooner fan here? Uh-oh, uh-oh. I know this is dangerous, but the New England Patriots, 21 consecutive wins, but, but the streak came to an end. Rock, paper, scissors, and booze. This is going fantastic. <laughs> Feel like I'm at home. <laughs> the 71-72 Los Angeles Lakers. The 33 consecutive wins. The Golden State Warriors. I got a couple little Warrior fans over there. 28 straight wins. They, uh, these win streaks are good while they last, but every team ends up losing. Even the Connecticut women's basketball program that went for 111 consecutive wins ended up losing. Even the God's team, the Lord's team, 
the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Easy, easy. You've already booed me, okay? I mean, easy. You got to go back to the 90s, right? But, but you know, back in our, our glory days, 93, 94, 95, 35 consecutive wins and a couple of back-to-back national championships. And, yes, I am living in the college football past, absolutely. But even those winning streaks came to an end. I'd like to just get a streak of three right now as a Cornhusker fan. I'd be happy with that. But. Every team loses some time, right? Every winning streak comes to an end. There's good days and there's bad days. And it's the the lesson of rock, paper, scissors that even the best strategy is going to fail sometime. And the, the best weapons aren't going to work. And it's this holdover idea, maybe even from our childhood, that, that something bad can happen. And if things are really, really good, something bad is probably eventually going to happen. That maybe this idea from our childhood that, that, that somebody's scissors are going to cut my paper and somebody's rock is going to smash my scissors and it may be quiet and calm but there might be a boogeyman in the closet there might be a monster under the bed there might be something around the corner that I didn't see coming you know I we had a monster in our house one time I heard some noises I was laying in bed and and uh, was almost asleep and I heard some rattling and I heard voices talking and uh, of course I was alarmed And I jumped out of my bed, and I grabbed my weapon of choice, and I made my way like a member of the SWAT team through the house. And uh, you can picture it, right? It's about midnight, and all the dads understand. Uh, You know, hair a mess, pajamas maybe, and weapon in hand. And you're trying to get... Raging Brother Bounds. <laughs> you're clear. You're trying to, you're, you're clear in the house. And, and, and as I go through the house, Brother Parkey, I, I hear the voices getting louder. And then as I come into this little family room that we had, all of a sudden the voice stops. I thought, he's in here. They're in here right now. I'm about to take them into custody or something. And I bust around with my flashlight and and, and other stuff around the corner and um, I shine my flashlight and there's nobody there and I take about two steps into the room y'all remember Tickle Me Elmo that's the devil's doll because Tickle Me Elmo had hooked up uh, with a talking cookie monster toy that my kids had and they were laying in the floor and somehow they didn't get shut off and they were setting each other off in the corner of the family <laughs> and as sure as I'm standing here I come around the corner and I hear <laughs> about shot myself <laughs> the devil has done God in my house we have, we have this idea that, that, that just kind of lingers into our adulthood sometimes that there, there might be a boogeyman around the corner. 
that if things are going good and, and life is great, well, you just hold your breath because Murphy's Law, right? It, it, the shoe's going to drop at some point in time. But, but I've come to preach just a simple truth from this passage here tonight that that may be true for rock, paper, scissors, uh, but this lingering lie, I believe, has, clipped, uh, has crept into uh, our spiritual understanding uh, and has crept into our walk with God and has perhaps crept in, into our faith about how God moves and what God can do. And I've come very simply to present to this great congregation tonight that with God's economy, the right team really does always win. I've come to present to you very simply that when it comes to things spiritual, when it comes to the things of God, there is some weapons that will absolutely work every single time. I've come directed of the Holy Ghost, I feel, to tell you here tonight uh, that whatever you're facing uh, and whatever you may be up against back home, uh, whatever you're fretting about going home to uh, or whatever boogeyman you fear is right around the corner in your church, uh, in your family, or in your ministry, uh, that there are some weapons uh, that will work every single time. You can rest assured that the kingdom of God always comes out on top. That God's team always wins. The old timers used to say, I read in the back of the book and I know that we win. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that's taking a look in the book and you know that no matter what this culture throws against us, I wonder if there's anybody in the room tonight that understands uh, that no matter the weapon we face, we are promised uh, victory in Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and give him a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your voice for just a minute. Uh, somebody lift your voice and say, I thank you, Jesus, for the promise of victory. I've come to just remind you with this simple thought tonight that no matter what battlefield you're fighting on, we've got the promise of victory. And no matter what weapon the enemy has risen against you, we have the promise that we can win every single time. God's team is never, mm, my, my, my. God's team is never at a disadvantage. Quit reading the news. God's team is never outmatched. God's team is never overpowered. God's team is never outgunned. God's team is never the underdog. No, no, no. Uh, there has never been a situation that confuses our God. Uh, there has never been a problem uh, that has stumped him. Uh, there has never been a calamity that has perplexed him. Uh, there has never been a disease uh, or a sickness or a pandemic uh, that caught him off guard uh, and made him say, oh me, oh my, not at all. There's never been a decision that he loses sleep over. I've come to encourage somebody here tonight. I felt directed of the Lord. And just getting the call a few days ago, I felt directed of the Lord to leave a couple of words of encouragement with you here. That no matter what is against you, you've got a God that is for you. No matter the odds that are stacked against you, uh, we've got the promise that his team always comes out on top. Uh, that the spiritual always wins over the natural. Uh, that the supernatural always wins uh, over the carnal things of this world. 
can you imagine? Now, now the Supreme Court in the early 1900s, I believe it was 1908, they outlawed insider trading. And then in the 1960s, they codified that law and made it even stronger. Insider trading, what does that mean? That you can somehow have inside information about what a company or a stock is going to do and you can use that to your advantage. But spiritually, there's no law against insider trading. <laughs> what, if, what if you could assure yourself that you would always come out on top? What if you knew that every single time you'd be positioned on the winning team? What, what if you knew, remember when you used to pick teams back in school and, and, and you'd, you'd, uh, every other one, every one, and try to get the tall kid first, and then you try to get the thick kid because he can hang down low, and then you try to, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Like me, I was a shrimp until I was about 17 years old, and so I was always the last one standing there that nobody wanted on their team, you know, just kind of waiting, hoping, hoping, hoping that you get picked by one of them, right? What if you, what if you could be assured that you were always going to be on the winning team? I, I, I'm telling you, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You, you got to stay in the church. If there's somebody here tonight, maybe some precious saint of God, you're beat up and you're discouraged and you're confused and maybe the enemy's got you uh, with, with, with one eye in the altar and one eye looking at the door, you need to stay in the church because you're promised that if you stay on the right team, the right team's always going to win. Now, now our text paints this, this, this narrative, this story of this prophet Elisha. And Elisha is advising the king of Israel. And the king of Israel is under attack. And, and the, the, the nation of Israel is under attack. The, the kingdom of Syria is coming against God's people and is repeatedly leveling attacks against the kingdom of Israel. And, and so it is that as God would speak to the prophet Elisha, the Syrians would get their heads together and they would plan and they would plot an attack. And God would speak to the prophet Elisha and he would tell the king of Israel, hey, don't go to such and such a place. Don't go to that particular place or that spot in the road or that juncture because if you go there, there's going to be this marauding band that's waiting to conquer you. There, It's going to be an ambush. It's going to be a trap. So don't go there. And so the king of Israel would listen to the man of God and he would avoid that place. He wouldn't march his troops there. They wouldn't go down there. And, and God continued giving favor to the nation of Israel and to the people of God as they took their direction from the voice of God, from the man of God through the prophet Elijah. Now, the kingdom of Syria keep, keeps attacking and they keep trying. And it's, it, it's a side note, but, but earlier on in the text, earlier on in the story, we see uh, that there was supposed to be an alliance, supposed to be an alliance between the king of Syria and the king of Israel. But can I just tell somebody that ungodly alliances never work out well for the people of God. You got to be careful who you align yourself with. Uh, you cannot make ungodly alliances uh, with wicked men, wicked rulers, wicked kings. Wicked concepts, ungodly or carnal ideas. You cannot compromise uh, and make alliances with things that God said I'm to stand against. 
Syria breaks the alliance and again and again and again they keep trying to attack and the king of Syria keeps sending reconnaissance to see where the Israelites are going to be and he keeps plotting and planning his attacks but again and again God gives word to the prophet Elisha and says hey they're coming for you don't go down this way because you're going to get attacked and and you're going to be overrun by the ambushments of the enemy God tells uh, the people quit going here don't go there don't don't move there and time and again this happens before finally the king of Syria gets fed up. He thinks there's a traitor in his camp. He says, wait a second, how in the world do they keep knowing our plans? How do they keep hearing our strategy? How do they keep knowing exactly where we're going to level the attack? Now, can I pause right here and tell somebody this is a really good spot to remind you that it's really essential that you have the voice of a man of God in your life. Everybody in this room needs the voice of a man of God in your life. Everybody in this room, we need an Elisha in our life. Uh, They can see some ambushments that we don't see it. Well, I thank God for every pastor in this room. You ought to thank God for your pastor. You ought to thank God for the voice of spiritual authority in your life. You ought to thank God for the voice of an elder that says, I know you don't understand it, but don't go down that road because there's an ambushment that you don't. Well, hello, somebody. I thank God for a pastor that says, you know what? I know that looks attractive and that's a shortcut, but don't take that shortcut because the Syrians are waiting down that road and they're going to jump on you if you go that way. So don't go that way. And I celebrate a people of God tonight that'll hear the voice of a pastor and a leader that says, you know what? You just got to take my word for it. God said, don't go. So we're going to stay. God said this way. And we're going to go this way. I thank God for a pastor. I thank God for a leader that says, don't go that way. And the more they listen, hear me, the more they listen, the more God protected them and God preserved them and God kept them until the king of Syria is, is bum-fuzzled. He is confused. He says, you know what, there's, there's got to be, uh, be somebody telling the Israelites our plan. Somebody is, is, is snitching to them and he says, who's the traitor? Calls his servants together. And the servant says, oh, oh, king, there's no traitor. Here's the deal. There is this guy named Elisha. Thank God for an Elisha who walks with God. There, there is this guy named Elisha and he keeps hearing your plans. He keeps hearing your strategy. Someone says, this prophet Elisha, he is so in tune with God that he hears your private thoughts. He seems to know every strategy that you talk about in your bedroom. He seems to know every strategy that when you get in the boardroom and you say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to go. He knows it king is furious and so he says let's go find this prophet Elisha he turns his attention from the nation to the man Mm. can I tell you we're living in a day where our culture has not just turned its attention against the church but the culture that we live in has become hostile to the men of God in our lives 
Our culture understands that like the king of Syria understood, if I can take the prophet out, if I can take the voice of God out, if I can take the pastor out, then the people are going to be, the sheep may be scattered. My, my, my. You ought to pray for your pastor. You ought to cover your pastor with prayer and fasting. I I thank God for the prayers uh, of our people. I thank God for the prayers of every believer in this room here tonight. I was was teaching. I'm telling you, this culture is hostile. They're getting more hostile. I, I was teaching on a Wednesday night back in the fall. I was teaching. Nobody knew the subject, what I was teaching on, except for our administrative assistant and my wife. Nobody knew word hadn't been publicized, but I was teaching on some gender distinction and, and human sexuality from a biblical perspective. And of all nights, of all nights, a leading uh, advocate, crusader, whatever, for the LGBT community in the Quad Cities, uh, shows up, sits on the front row, front chair, and I could sense what was going on. And right when I get into the, the thick of the lesson, uh, they pull out their phone. And right from about right there, just start recording. <laughs> kind of had this look on their face like, well, how big a boy are you? <laughs> what you going to do now? What you going to say now? <laughs> how you going to teach now? Where, where are you going with this now? And I knew right away. I mean, you're standing there. You got to make a decision, Pastor. You got to make a decision. I'm standing there teaching, and I know what I'm about to say is about to be all over social media in my town. But they that be with us. I said, they that be with us are more than they that. Hey, I'm, I'm not given permission to be ignorant. I'm not given permission to be ugly. Uh, but sometimes we just got to square our shoulders uh, and understand uh, that whether culture is coming after the kingdom uh, or culture is coming after the pastor or the prophet, uh, we've got to square our shoulders uh, and say, thus saith the Lord. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. I finished the lesson by 11 o'clock that night. It was all over social media in our area. It was being passed around. It was being shared. We had to get a a team meeting together. We're strategizing what we're going to do if it hits the local media and all this. I'm I'm, I'm talking about that's the kind of stuff pastor, you know, you may may not understand this. Maybe some do. Every pastor in the room knows what I'm, that's the kind of stuff you lose sleep about. My face is going to be on. The, the news and, 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 and this is going to get why because the culture that we live in is so hostile against the church and against the people of God and it's turning against uh, the man of God and that's exactly what a Syrian king did he said we're going to go take out Elisha and if we can take out Elisha then surely we can take out the nation of Israel and so he sent out uh, scouts and he found that they were camped uh, in this city called Dothan not Dothan Alabama but Dothan they're, they're camped out in this city called Dothan it's a city that's on a little raised plateau, a city that's on a little hill in the middle of a plain. It's an exposed area. It seems like a vulnerable and a weak area. And, and so he says, oh, king, that's where they're camped out. Elisha, this guy you're trying to kill, is camped out in this plain, this city of Dothan. And so the Bible says that the Syrian army, they amass their multitude of chariots and horses and men and soldiers and weapons. And, and they decide it's time to take Elisha out 
thousands of horses and chariots surround the city at night. They creep in at night and they surround Elisha and they surround his servant and and can you imagine waking up in the morning like his servant did the Bible says in our text that the servant wakes up in the morning you just imagine rubbing the sleepers out of his eyes and getting his cup of coffee and stepping out on the porch and he says what thousands of chairs came out to see a sunrise horses Everywhere I can see soldiers and swords and spears. And, and he, I'm fumbling that cup of Folgers in his hand. And he, Starbucks for you bougie people. He's fumbling around. And he, he comes back into the house and, Master, Master, alas, says, My God, what shall we do? We're surrounded by an adversary. I've come to preach to some people tonight that you've had a few. My God, what shall we do moments lately? I've come to preach to some families uh, that you've looked at the reality of your situation and you scratched your head and said, my God, uh, what shall we do? Uh, I'm preaching to some church leaders uh, that perhaps you scratched your head a little bit in prayer uh, and said, my God, uh, what shall we do? Uh, He says, I don't know what we're going to do because we're surrounded. The the city is completely surrounded. We're overpowered. We're outgunned. We're outmanned. There is no good out outcome that's going to come out of this the pastor just says well fear not I mean that's easy for you to say right fear not don't don't be afraid master what what shall we do we're all gonna in other words what he's saying is we all gonna die you ever had one of those moments we're about to die it's about to be over it's it's about to be finished we're we're, this is this is this is final What shall we do? The prophet looks at him and he says, fear not. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Oh, oh, oh. and, 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 and I imagine the servant is, is saying to himself, oh, bless his heart. (laughs) The elder, he hadn't put his glasses on yet. (laughs) Ah, oh, bless his heart. He, 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 he's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, uh, he's imagining things. There's, there's, uh, 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 Elisha, one, two, uno, dos, no tres. It's just us. It's just you and me, Elisha. There's nobody else. But, 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 Elisha, look at everybody around. We're surrounded. There's no way. Ah, I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that, that you've been stuck in your spirit. There's no way out of this. There, there's no good outcome. I don't see a way of escape. I don't see any, any way that we can get beyond this. And I feel the Holy Ghost just speaking a word tonight saying, fear not. Fear not. I felt it in my spirit this afternoon in prayer God wanted me to speak to somebody and tell you very simply fear not I come against the stronghold of fear by the authority of the Holy Ghost and by the power of the name Jesus 
I come against the stronghold of fear that has ravaged your mind and has dismantled your faith in the name of Jesus. Fear not. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear not. Ah, somebody ought to lift up your voice right now. Somebody ought to, we ought to just pause right here. Somebody ought to clap your hands and lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. Let fear come off of you in the name of Jesus. Let fear leave your spirit. My, 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 my. Now, 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 Brother Lee, you're saying that. You're saying fear not. And you're talking to these all this rock, paper, scissors, and we've been giggling a little bit. Fear not, but you don't know what I'm up against. You don't know what I left at home. And you don't know what I'm going home to. And you don't know what the doctors just told me. And you don't know how far gone the situation is. It's easy for you to say fear not. But I love what happens next. I love what happens next uh, because the prophet doesn't even waste time arguing with him. He says, we're not here to debate. Uh, you know what, what we're about to do? Oh God, <laughs> open my servant's eyes. You know what that prophet does? Uh, he goes to a prayer meeting. He starts calling out to God and he says, God, if you will open my servant's eyes uh, that he may see what he cannot see, uh, that he may perceive in his spirit uh, what he cannot see in his flesh. Let me tell you what God's getting ready to do in this service. God is about to open somebody's eyes to see in your spiritual sight what you cannot see in your natural sight. God is about to open somebody's my, 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 my. I feel the Holy Ghost. God's about to open somebody's eyes a little bit that you're going to see some things in the spirit that you have not been able to see prior to this Friday night. God's about to lift the scales off of somebody's eyes you're going to perceive that there is a reality that you were not even aware of. There is a reality that you didn't even know existed. My, 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 my. I, I, I know the reality that you've been looking at uh, is harsh. I know the reality that you've been dealing with uh, is difficult. But I'm telling you, there's another reality. Uh, there's an alternate reality. Uh, there's a spiritual reality uh, that you cannot see with your natural eyes. Uh, you cannot quantify it on a spreadsheet. Uh, you cannot program it in a service schedule. But there is a reality uh, that exists uh, only in the angelic host. Uh, that surrounds them. My, my, I feel something shifting. I feel something moving. We're about to step over that threshold that we keep talking about in this meeting. Somebody's about to step through that threshold here. Right in this place tonight, there is a reality that you cannot see with your natural eyes, but is only available to your spiritual vision. I'm preaching to somebody that you're discouraged because you think it's just your two and you don't see anybody else coming. You think it's just your few and you don't see anything else breaking. But there's a reality that you don't see with your natural eyes. God is moving on some people in your city that you're not even aware 
It's just my 120 in the upper room. It's not just your 120 in the upper room because there's thousands in the street whose hearts are about to be prepared to receive the power of Pentecost that you have in your city. He said, oh God, open up my servant's eyes. Open up my servant's eyes that he may see. Would you lift up your hands all across this room? Mm, Lift up your hands. I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to open your mouth. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to open your mouth for about the next 10 or 20 seconds of this service. And I want you to pray this prayer in your own words. God, open my eyes. Come on, pray that prayer. Put it in your own words. With your hands raised and your eyes closed. God, open my eyes. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills uh, from whence cometh my help. Uh, My help uh, cometh from uh, the Lord. Uh, Oh God, open our eyes. Uh, Lift up our eyes. Somebody's tapping into it right now. When he opened the servant's eyes, uh, there was an angelic host uh, that he seen. My, my, my. There's an angelic host in this room right now. There's an angelic host in this room right now. When God opened the servant's eyes, there was an angelic host that was surrounding my, my, my. Come here, Asher, run up here real quick, uh, real fast. Zion, run up here real fast. Uh, There's an angelic host that is surrounding us. Uh, This is where some of y'all are at right now. You're you're saying, oh God, oh God, we're surrounded by that. No, 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 you're the adversary. That's usually how it is at home, right? Just look like you're about to just tag him. You're just about to beat him down, right? Uh, oh, oh, God. He says, we're surrounded. I'm about to be outdone by my brother that's just a little bit bigger and just a little bit faster and just a little bit stronger. And the best you can do, it just seems like they're outspending you, that they're outmarketing you, that they're outpacing you in your community, that you just can't seem to gain the traction. Just the best I can do. It just seems that the enemy just always has a little bit more. He just has a little bit better of an advantage. Uh, and we're trying to build uh, an apostolic work, a thriving apostolic work uh, in every community. Uh, but there's just these areas uh, that we're struggling with. Uh, but I declare in the Holy Ghost, uh, I declare by the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that God's going to open somebody's eyes. To- I need about four of you men from the front row just to run up here right now. Just about four of you men from the, yeah, don't hesitate. I've already been preaching too long. Yeah, three works, four works, that's good. Now here's what the servant didn't see. Here's what the servant didn't see. Y'all look like you're about to beat the snot out of my son right now. Now don't do it, but just act like you're about to take him to town. Just get those fists up and ready. And when God opened the servant's eyes, he didn't just see the adversary
I wish you guys would just grab him and gently throw him off the platform. Here's what he saw. He saw a host of angels uh, that were encamped around him. Uh, He saw an angelic host. Come on, and everywhere he went, uh, that angelic host, come on guys, uh, they surrounded him everywhere he walked. uh, That angelic host... Everywhere in his city he drove, uh, that angelic host was around. Come on, keep walking, Asher. Can I tell you, uh, there's an angelic host that has been around you uh, that you didn't even know was there. Uh, There was an angelic host around you uh, that you didn't see uh, and you didn't perceive. Uh, But now I pray, oh God, uh, open your servant's eyes. uh, Open your servant's eyes uh, that they may see uh, that they that be with us uh, is more than they uh, that be with them. Oh, if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands. Uh, You ought to raise your voice and shout to God. Come on, something's wanting to break loose in this place right now. Something's wanting to break loose in this room. Open my servant's eyes that he may see. Somebody lay your hand on your forehead right now and lift up your voice. Say, God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes. God, I pray against spiritual blindness. I pray against the spiritual myopia right now. God, I pray against spiritual nearsightedness. In the name of Jesus, open your servant's eyes that we may see. Open your servant's eyes that my... You know what we need in 2023? Uh, We need some eye-opening prayer meetings. You know what we need in this hour? We need some eye-opening church services. Uh, You know what we don't need? Uh, We don't need just to show up on Sunday uh, and go through our little motions uh, and do our little do-a-diddy and go home the same way that we came. Uh, God, give us some eye-opening worship experiences. Uh, God, give our pastors uh, some eye-opening words. Uh, God, give our praying men and women uh, some eye-opening visions. I've simply come to tell you tonight uh, that if the enemy could have killed you, uh, he would have already killed you. Uh, If he could have killed you, uh, you would have already been dead. Uh, If he could have destroyed your church, uh, that church would have already went under. Uh, But I'm still here. Uh, I'm still standing uh, because they that be with us uh, is more than they that be with them. I know you're surrounded, uh, but what you don't see uh, is that your adversary is surrounded. Uh, What you don't see is the angelic host uh, that is encamped about you. God, open my servant's eyes. I know there's obstacles. I know there's obstacles. I know there's opposition. Oh, God. But there's an angelic host. There's an angelic host. We sang that song a little bit ago in the worship service and I felt it crawl up all over me. We said angels are in every corner. 
we said angel that was more than just a worship song that was a declaration angels are in every corner when you fill the room I turned around and told somebody there's angels in this room somebody came up to me tonight and said God showed me an angel as we walked into this place I've only seen angels somebody told me here tonight they said I've only seen angels a couple of times in my life but when I walked into this room God showed me an angel that was standing off in the corner can I submit to you that there are angels in this room right now not just a song and not just a sermon but there is an angelic host that is encamped around about us oh my my somebody ought to clap your hands and somebody ought to lift your voice and somebody ought to raise your faith Come on, somebody ought to begin to declare something out of your spirit. Uh, Somebody ought to begin to open your mouth uh, and speak the faith that God has put in your heart. Uh, Somebody ought to open up your mouth uh, and begin to speak the word uh, that you thought was dead. Somebody ought to lift up your voice for just a minute uh, and you ought to begin to give God praise uh, for what he promised you. Angels are in every corner. Angels are in every corner. God opened my servant's eyes. Open my servant's eyes. Open my servant's eyes. Angels. Are in this room right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my. It took two angels to dispatch and take care of the entire twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. It just, the angels are bad dudes. And dudettes, and dudettes, I don't know, maybe. Hey, angels, they're tough. Two took care of the two most wicked cities. In the known world, just two. God sent just two angels. God was ready to deal deal with the Assyrians or 100,000 Assyrians. He sends one. This formidable foe, this bad-to-the-bone army. And God says, hey, where's old little Frankie? He'll go over there in the corner. You know, that, that little... That little goofy angel, we, we, isn't it time for him to have an assign? I mean, that's just kind of what I picture in my mind, you know. And I apologize to any Frankies in the room right now. But, and, and, and I just imagine old Frankie, you know. He just kind of, my turn. And old Frankie the angel, is that anywhere in the Bible, Doc? I don't think it is. I don't think I'm making that up. And old Frankie the angel goes and takes care of the entire 100,000 plus Assyrian army. Wipes them out. But God says when it comes to you, I'm not sending you one or two. I'm not sending you a little odd Frankie from the corner. I'm sending you a host of angels, uh, an entire encampment of angels. You got an army of angels that is around you in Columbia. You got an army of angels that's around every church in Kansas City. You got an army of angels that is going before your family. 
Come on, somebody ought to walk out of this camp meeting uh, with a little fresh pep in your step. Uh, Somebody ought to walk out of this camp meeting uh, with your head raised uh, and your shoulders squared uh, because there are angels in every corner. uh, Because there is a host uh, encamped. uh... My, 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 my. I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close. Hear me. He says, God opened my servant's eyes. I thank God. I thank God for servants that are spiritual enough to have their eyes open. Well, well, we cannot afford as spiritual leaders to surround ourselves with carnal servants. They, they, they may not see right away sometimes, uh, but we need some kingdom servants that are, that are spiritually minded servants. That when the prophet says, Lord, open their eyes, they're willing to have their eyes uh, be open to see things through a spiritual lens uh, and not... Mm, we, we can't afford to have carnality leading our worship. We, we, I know we're right at the end and I probably shouldn't meddle at the end but let's, let me go, it's the last night we, we can't afford to have a, a, a unspiritual people on the platform we, we can't afford to have a, a half carnal people trying to lead us in a spiritual I, I don't care how talented they are doesn't matter how gifted they are if they're not willing to see with eyes of the spirit if they're not willing to have their eyes open Hey, we got some stuff walking in our church. It just happened Sunday. We got some crazy stuff walking in our church. We got to have some people serving in this kingdom in this hour that have their eyes open to the spiritual, that there is a host. And here it is, and I'm closing. Here it is. Closing. The enemy that was trying to destroy Elisha, God has a sense of humor. He says, Lord, Elisha prays, Lord, open my servant's eyes. Let him see. And God does. And then he turns and he prays, and Lord, blind the enemy. Right there, right there, right there. There's a shift that happens. Uh, the blindness that you've been suffering from, uh, now I'm about to put it on them 10,000 fold. Uh, you, you, you just had your eyes open, uh, but your adversary's about to be sleepwalking. And then, and then the story unfolds even a little more. The adversary that was trying to destroy Elisha, God uses their blindness uh, to allow Elisha to lead them. Now, now watch this. The same group that was just trying to kill him is now the group that's willing to follow him. Sounds a little bit like pastoring sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the same group that was just trying to bump him off. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. They, they're trying to, they, they, now they're following him. They're following him. 
What, what, what does that mean, preacher? What, what are you saying? I'm saying what God told me to tell somebody here tonight is the adversary in your city that has been trying to run you ragged and run you out and bump you off. The adversary in your church that has been trying to shut you down, silence your voice, and lock up revival. The adversary in your health that has been trying to keep you so sick and tired that you can't even preach. God says, I'm about to turn the tide there's about to be a shift you're about to step over a threshold you're about to walk through a new door and now you're going to be you're about to go home and be leading the people God's about to send somebody out of this place and you're going to lead the very group in your city that's tried to destroy you. We heard about it today. God's about to send you a revival that is not just contained in your building and maybe doesn't even show up in your building. But God's about to send you a revival of the church across town that doesn't even like you and the pastor across the city that thinks you're a heretic. There's hunger. We had one of the worship leaders from one of the largest, I think the largest charismatic church in our region showed up at our church a couple of weeks ago. I said to one of our assistants, I said, who's that? And they said, it's this worship leader from what's, what's he doing here? And he's supposed to be leading worship. I'm telling you, God moved on him. He wept in the service. He said, there's something different here. I can't put my finger on it. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Well, you just, come, you just keep coming around. Just keep coming around. You're going to put your finger on it soon enough. God is leading people. God is drawing people uh, that uh, maybe once were against us uh, that are now about to start following us. Uh, God's my, 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 I declare it in Jesus' name. God is about to reverse the curse in your city. God is about to reverse the stronghold in your city. And the stronghold that you have felt under is now about to be the stronghold that the enemy is locked up in. Ah, somebody lift up your voice to the Lord right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now to the Lord all across this room. I wish somebody just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I wish somebody just begin to go to war in your prayer right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. 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 I'm declaring to somebody tonight that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, it's going to fail. It's going to fall. They that be with us is more than they that be with them. You shall hold your peace and the Lord shall fight your battles. God open our eyes. 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 The reality you see with your natural vision, and I'm closing. If you're not already, stand with me. The reality you see with your natural vision is there's a tumor in your body. 
But what you don't see is that the great physician is in this room right now. And somebody's about to walk out of here healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I feel, my, 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 my. I didn't plan this, but I feel a move for healing right now. Some, somebody's in this room right now. You've got a terminal disease and illness in your body. And the doctor's report is your reality. And that's what you see with your natural vision. But God is about to release healing into your body. But you got to open your eyes. You got to cast down. You got to, I bind that fear of death in the name of Jesus. I bind that fear in the name of Jesus. And I release faith in this room. I release faith in this room. There is miraculous intervention in this sanctuary right now. There is miraculous intervention in this room. My, 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 my. My, 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 my. The enemy has plagued your body. He's plagued your mind. He's kept you ineffective in the kingdom of God because you've been so beat down and discouraged. He hasn't defeated you yet, but your discouragement is death on a payment plan. But God's about to give you victory uh, and healing and life in this room tonight. My, 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 my. If you need healing in your body, I want you to run down to this altar right now and get to this altar as quick as you can. If you need healing in your body, get to this altar as quick as you can. Yeah, come on, all across this room. If you need healing in your body, if you need God to do it, yeah, 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 yeah. If you need healing in your body right now, get into this altar just as close as you can. And I hope this is okay, Bishop. I can't get away from this right now. If you need healing in your body, come on, get in this altar as close as you can, as quick as you can. Yeah. If it's here, you got faith to step out, it's here. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's already starting to happen. Yeah. If you need a miracle in your ministry, if you, I'm not going to define that too closely because I don't want to leave anybody out. If you need a miracle in your ministry, if you need God to give you a breakthrough in your church, or you need God to give you a breakthrough in your calling, you need God to give you a breakthrough in the ministry that he has set you in, I want you to get out of your seat as close as you can. Come on, you need God to give you a breakthrough in your city. Get out of your seat. Get as close as you can to this altar right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Come on, get as close as you can to this altar right now. I want you to lift up your hands all across this room. Lift up your hands all across this altar. I'm asking every single believer in this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, every single Holy Ghost filled, faith filled believer in this house. Get as close as you can to these that are here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, something's breaking loose. It's not even waiting for a prayer of faith. Uh, I wish you'd lift up your voice uh, all across this auditorium uh, and you would open your mouth. Uh, you would open your mouth with your hands lifted uh, like a funnel heavenward uh, and say in the name of... Come 
on, that's it. Somebody lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Uh, don't wait for anybody to lay hands on you. Uh, don't wait for a prayer of faith. Uh, don't wait for the band to get it jumping. Uh, somebody lift up your voice like a trumpet. Uh, they that be with us are more than they. Yeah, yeah, something's breaking loose uh, in Kansas City tonight. Uh, something's breaking loose in the northwest corner tonight. Uh, in the name of Jesus, come on. Uh, if you're full of Holy Ghost and faith, turn around and lay hands on somebody right now. If you're full of the Holy Ghost and faith, uh, turn around and pray for somebody in the name. 